Welcome to the Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association, helping sales-focused professionals discover new tools, trends, and strategies. Please welcome your host, Bill Bannum. What if you could identify the makeup of your organization and use it to spearhead new initiatives and align goals for your sales teams? In the August Sales Pro Chat, I talk with an expert who says you can do just that. Listen to this show as Charlie Judy discusses the idea and the implications of mapping the workplace genome and how it can help increase your bottom line. Charlie Judy is CEO at WorkXO, a company which uses groundbreaking models to measure workplace culture and ways to turn company culture into a differentiator. Charlie co-founded Disrupt HR in Chicago, and he is a well-known speaker. His most well-received sessions include Cultural Intelligence, Not Workforce Analytics, Simplifying Human Resources, and Get Out the Way and Let Your Employees Lead. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com. And remember to subscribe to the CPSA podcast through iTunes, Google Play, and more. Here's the first of a two-part interview with Charlie. Charlie, Judy, welcome to the August edition of the Sales Pro Chat Show. Thank you so much, Bill. Thanks for having me, man. Really glad to be here. We're going to start straight away with a big question, Charlie. Uh, why is it important, do you think, to, to sales teams that their company aligns their work culture with what drives their organization's success? Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of think this is one of the, the biggest questions facing, maybe the most important questions facing um, kind of the workforce, the world at work at large these days it's it's a it's a new way of thinking about how we get work done and i think frankly we've been missing it so uh you have a a set of drivers that will determine your success how however you define that and and it is likely that that those drivers are unique and distinct to your team and to what it is you're trying to accomplish and what it is that you're facing. And if the culture that you've created around it, so for, 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 for me and for, for us, that's, that's all about the, the words, the actions, the behaviors, the stuff that you can kind of touch and feel. If those things don't really clarify and reinforce what it is that drives your success, then you very simply have misalignment. You have contradiction, you have redundancy or overlap or confusion, or you have missed opportunity, sub-optimization, et cetera, because those things aren't all pushing each other in the right direction. Um, and so it's, it's, it's very important to get clear about what distinctly is going to drive your success and then to make sure that you're reinforcing it and clarifying it every turn so that it is front of mind 
to not only you, your sales team, but everybody else that relies upon that sales team. You've done talks and uh, your company is very focused on this concept of a workplace genome. Can you, can you explain the, the concept of company DNA and, and why this is important to the performance of a company and specifically its sales-focused employees? Yeah, so we spent a lot of time and have over the last couple of decades trying to get better at understanding our workforce. And we've put some measures in place and we do some surveys and we we are, I think, getting better at collecting data on our workforce. What we're not really getting better at is, is, is doing anything with it. And there's there's a, 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 there are a number of reasons for that. But the the biggest reason in, in, in my mind is that we are still measuring things like employee sentiment, how you feel about work or how our employees feel about work. And what we're really not doing is understanding at a more intricate and nuanced level how we work. <laughs> what, what, again, are the behaviors and the actions that are, are, are driving how we get stuff done? And if we can't understand it at that root level, the genetic level, which is why I kind of refer to it as the workplace genome, it is really getting at the root level how you behave and act in the workplace. Then you can start solving for those individual behaviors and actions. Then you can start saying, does this, first of all, sound like who we are? And then does this sound like who we need to be? And now we're not just talking about outcomes, i.e. how I feel or how happy I am or how engaged I am, but we're talking about drivers. And so getting to the DNA is really about the drivers, not the outcomes. Okay. And then what does a sales team do with those drivers? How do they interpret that and and then perform better, become uh, more successful sellers? Let's start sales team by understanding what are the behaviors and actions that are necessary to drive your success? What, what, are, what, are, what are the things that are actually going to reinforce and clarify what drives your success? As an example, if it is crucial that everybody on that team has visibility to what everybody else is doing, and that visibility is not about maybe quantity of information, but quality of information and at the right time and in the right places, then you need to start understanding whether or not those things are happening. That's a behavioral thing. That's an operational thing. That's a, it's a functional thing. Um, doesn't really care how you feel about that. It doesn't really matter how you feel about that, but it matters whether or not those things are happening. And so, um, you know, it, it is about understanding which of those behaviors are, are leading to optimized sales. Uh, and, and then making sure that you're understanding whether or not those are showing up. How can companies dig into the analytics and identify the key culture priorities? It starts with awareness. And I think this is where organizations fall down all the time. We don't take the time to really understand what is. We kind of take the time to try to figure out whether or not we're fitting into some kind of preordained notion of you know, best place to work or employer of choice. And all of those concepts are really interesting. But again, when you start breaking it down to the individual level, so for a sales team, what, what constitutes a best place to work for a really bang up, you know, leading edge uh, sales leader, sales BD manager, even guy that's 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 picking up the phone and 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 knocking on doors. Those are different 
prospects. Those are different uh, environments potentially. And they are certainly different relationships, motivators, drivers, uh, aspirations, et cetera. And so if we can start kind of unlocking what's happening at that individual kind of team level and what's going to drive, again, the success of that particular team, then we can start getting serious about whether or not this is the right kind of stuff. Why do companies and sales employees need to get intentional about aligning culture with what drives an organization's success? Well, it's, I mean, it's hard work. Culture is, you know, it, 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 it's complex, it's moving, it's constantly evolving, it's constantly, you know, being um, kind of touched on and affected by any person that really enters, walks through, experiences your organization. And so, you know, we're, we're learning that, that organizations that actually take the time to focus on, get methodical about, even establish kind of clear uh, objectives, deliverables, uh, and points of accountability for sustaining and, and, and or growing a culture in a way that will drive success are those organizations are finding a heck of a lot more, you know, measurable results like growth and net promoter score and, you know, other things that really add immediate value to the organization. You can let a culture grow organically. The problem is that most organizations do that. If you do that, however, you are at risk of letting that culture grow into something you don't need it to be or want it to be for that matter. So it has to be nurtured. It has to be cultivated. It has to be given time and attention. There are organizations that are literally putting uh, roles, distinct, explicit roles aside for culture. You know, these are these are people that are now investing in and putting energy towards monitoring uh, and, and, and kind of constantly and intentionally working towards building that culture that works. Let's consider a company that's uh, built their culture playbook, uh, to borrow a term from WorkXO, uh, and they're ready to take action. What, what does that look like? Yeah, so that fits into the kind of the, the last question around getting intentional. Um, whether you call it a playbook or an action plan or, you know, just a set of priorities, you should be explicit about that and you should be sharing them with all of your stakeholders. These are the things that we believe in our culture will help us drive our success. And it's important that we all kind of line up against that, but then stay beholden to it. And in order for that to happen, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Now, one of the mistakes organizations make all the time, whether we're talking about culture or other things, and certainly other people-related matters, is that they try to boil the ocean and they try to fix everything in this kind of holistic way. It doesn't work in most environments. It certainly doesn't work in most business functions. And we've actually borrowed and learned a lot from how software developers get stuff done. We really like the agile software development principles in getting intentional about culture. And those principles, we certainly don't have the time obviously to talk about those, but it means, you know what, we're going to prioritize. And we're going to understand the things at the top of that list that are going to have the most immediate and hopefully lasting impact on our culture, on our organization. And those are the things that we're going to focus on first. In fact, we may just focus on one thing at a time, and we're okay with that because we're about moving the needle, we're about demonstrating commitment, we're about demonstrating progress, and we're about demonstrating results. 
all too often organizations get data, they talk about it, they maybe even get excited about it, and they all have an idea about what they want to do about it. But then it goes up on a shelf because other priorities get in the way. So you've got to have a methodology that actually allows you to take this action plan, which you've now committed to the world on, <laughs> and you start chipping away at it. That's what kind of moving it from from ideation to analytics to action and results is all about. Perfect. Thank you. So numbers, of course, without context are meaningless. So how can sales teams align data points with a distinct storyline around how individuals in a sales team really work? The the actions, the behaviors, the, the tangible stuff that sales pros experience. You got to give it a language. You know, I mean... We're talking about people and we're talking about behaviors and we're talking about human interactions, which are dynamic and have lots of layers to them. I think it's unfair. It's, 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 it's even a little patronizing for the models of the world today that try to sum up an employment experience or a career experience into one number. Go to Glassdoor. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to pick on Glassdoor has lots of great things that they're offering. Um, but if you try to judge an experience or culture based on one number, you cannot get the context that you need to draw your own conclusions, let alone to fix or to identify even things that need to be fixed. And so what does a 3.5 mean? I, I don't really know. You need language behind that. And so you need to go through an exercise, your sales team needs to go through an exercise to understand, all right, well, let's talk about when we say we need to be transparent, what does that mean? Transparency is a big word. It can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And so, again, we have to describe what does that look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? How do I know that that's actually happening? Because now I can start to hold ourselves accountable to that. I cannot hold ourselves accountable to we're a 3.5 in transparency and we need to be a 3.7. It doesn't give me anything to work with. So put your own language behind it. Put, put your own context and color behind it. And that can be a group activity, maybe a team activity. That can be a bottom-up or a top-down. It doesn't really matter, as long as you're having a dialogue around it and some sort of discovery process. Okay, now let's get to grips with the gaps and the priorities. So sales teams, of course, need results, and often they need them faster than other departments. That, that means that they need to focus on what's driving their organization's success and what might be getting in the way of more of it. So talk to us a bit about the benefits of adopting a trajectory map as one of these tools. Can they, for example, help highlight things about your culture that impacts performance and the bottom line? Without getting into, you know, kind of the science behind some of the tools that we use, I, I think, you know, here's the easiest way for really any organization to think about it. I like reverse engineering. I, I like find the one or two or three or depending on the size of your organization obviously or your sales team find those people that are really most successful again however you define that success whether that's rainmaking numbers generation or just you know long lasting relationships whatever those things are figure out who those people are understand how they work and also understand how they experience work. So when it comes to things like how are decisions made, how do they fix stuff that may be broken in their mind, how do they get the resources that they need, 
You know, that's not, again, that's not just about do they get the resources that they need, because chances are that they do. It's about how do they go about doing that? Well, here's how I do it. I walk down this hall, I talk to this person, whatever the case may be, you can create an archetype for the successful culture in your organization. And if for whatever reason, other people in that same organization or on that same sales team aren't experiencing that culture the same way, then they're missing something that's going to drive their success. Figure out how to get it to them. That's, that's kind of this carve out the things that we know work and let's make sure everybody gets access to that same kind of experience. Well, that just leaves me to say, Charlie, Judy, thank you for being the guest on the Sales Pro Chat episode. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. And until next time, happy selling. Thank you for listening to Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association.